It's ironic that an act as divisive as the Civil War would unify the way Americans celebrate Christmas. But the holiday we know today largely came into existence in and around the war. We'll explain on this special Christmas Day edition of The Story of Carols. Funding for The Story of Carols provided by Jim and Betty Holthauser in honor of their parents, Alfred and Betty Marie Pence, and Norman and Patricia Holthauser. On this special Christmas Day edition of The Story of Carols, A Civil War Christmas. As the 19th century began, Christmas wasn't the widely celebrated event we experience today. In Boston, for example, businesses and schools remained open on Christmas Day, while churches were closed, a holdover from a Puritan-era law making the celebration of Christmas illegal. By mid-century, recent holiday tunes like Benjamin Hamby's Up on the Housetop and James Lord Pierpont's Jingle Bells were popular, as was Silent Night, first introduced to America just two years before the war began. Christmas trees, long a German tradition, were just coming into fashion in the U.S. Soldiers erected small trees outside their tents, decorated with hardtack pork instead of oranges, cakes, and candles. And missing the first family tree was a common lament in letters home from soldiers. Since Clement Moore's 1822 poem, "'Twas the Night Before Christmas," children had been expecting a visit from St. Nick. But the image of the jolly old fat man with the pipe and the beard that we know today was created during the war as propaganda. Thomas Nast, the political cartoonist who gave America the Democratic donkey and the Republican elephant, also gave us Santa Claus on the cover of Harper's Weekly. A close look at that first drawing reveals the jolly old elf to be a union supporter. He's clad in stars and stripes and holding a puppet called Jeff, dancing from the end of a noose. Jeff, of course, referred to Jefferson Davis, president of the Confederacy. Another of Nast's wartime images was more subtle. Instead of a sack of toys, Santa has a military backpack, a Union army belt with a sword slung over his arm, and he's holding a Trojan horse. Now, the Confederacy used Santa Claus for their purposes as well, telling children that Santa couldn't make it this year because of the Union blockade. And while politicizing Christmas didn't end with the war, eventually Thomas Nast felt the need to render Santa Claus apolitical. In the late 19th century, he decided that the jolly old elf wasn't the sole property of the Union after all, but came from the North Pole, a place no country could ever again claim as their own. In an effort to draw the nation together, President Grant declared Christmas a federal holiday in 1870, and for the first time in American history, we all began celebrating Christmas as one. To support the story of Carols, visit American Entertainment Works on Patreon. The story of Carols was written and produced by Alan Rattano for American Entertainment Works, a Tennessee-based not-for-profit corporation. 
The episode music was performed by AE Works recording artist Jim Holthauser and is available for purchase and streaming on your favorite music service. Just search for Jim Holthauser. That's H-O-L-T-H-O-U-S-E-R. Additional episode music was performed by Uptown Al. To license the music in this episode for your own podcast or video, email us at license at aeworks.org. It's not expensive, and you'll be helping us create more programs like this one. Sound mixing for the story of carols was done by Cosette Collier. For a transcript and a list of sources, visit aeworks.org slash carols. I'm your narrator, Alan Ritano. Thank you for listening to the story of carols.